Passover in the law uh, and then was brought back to us in the New Testament by Jesus himself during their Seder Passover time. Emphasizing that all of that we should have been seeing him the whole time. So uh, he's doing this here in Matthew. He says, then he took the cup. Let me back up. And as they were eating, Jesus took some bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples, said, take eat, this is my body. So, I mean, that's a powerful statement that he's making there that all this whole time, everybody down through history was supposed to be seeing the Messiah and his body, his sacrifice. So Jesus tells us that here plainly. He says, take eat, this is my body. So he's making a reference to this matzah that you have every Sunday. It's broken. We break it. It's pierced. You hold it up to the light. You can see the holes in that. And then there's stripes on it. So all that represents the body of Christ. His body was broken, pierced, and striped for us. Lord, we lift this bread to you this morning, not because we've earned it or deserve it, but because of your sacrifice, Jesus. We thank you for taking our place. Those stripes should have been ours. The cross should have been ours. The beating should have been ours. All of that should have belonged to us, but you took it for us. We were the ones in sin. You had no sin. And you became sin for us. And we eat this bread with that understanding in Jesus' name. Then he took the cup. Now you've got to remember, Abraham had done this years ago. Moses, all those folks had done it. He says, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of, my, of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So that's a pretty uh, great thought to think that Jesus is waiting on us to do this and that he left it for us to remember. That Greek word means to do it over. So we're supposed to remember his death until he returns that sacrifice. Lord, we lift this cup and we remember the blood that you poured out on Calvary. Something, again, we did not earn or deserve, but you laid your life down. No man took your life. You laid it down. And we drink this cup with full awareness of your sacrifice and what it means to be redeemed. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, after you put your cups aside, you can turn around and shake somebody's hand. Welcome them to church. I want to welcome everybody that's joined us live. <sighs> Wherever you're at around the world, we welcome you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, preach and teach first. So all of you that are uh, w uh, watching us, you did not miss anything. We uh, reversed the order of the service. I think you'll see why this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> I'm going to 
start there. I want to pick up with verse 9 in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to give you some instruction, uh, but we're going to focus on one particular thing. I want to read a few of these verses. Good instruction for all of us as believers, as Christians. Romans chapter 12, verse, <clears throat> verse 9. He says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to, the, to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's good, uh, good medicine for all of us as Christians to live that way. And to prefer one another and to... Live peaceably with all men if it's, if it's in your power to do so. To not take vengeance, to not get revenge. All those are good, good things for us to live by. To rejoice with people when they rejoice. To weep with them when they weep. All of us rejoice with Jerry when the Lord rescued him just a couple of weeks ago. And so all of that is uh, how we should live. But the thing I want to focus on here in this is where he says... Uh, continuing steadfastly in prayer. And we're in a time where the church, the true believers are going to have to involve themselves in prayer. Uh, we've come to the day to where that's going to be, and has always been that way, but for certain, it's going to be our greatest weapon. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer. I'm going to define this word for us, and then we're going to talk about the prayer journey a little bit this morning. But let's put on, Luke, on the screen Luke 19 and 46. 19 and 46 on the screen says, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And most of us know that story where he's upset with what they're doing in the temple and they're not making it a house of prayer. That word there and for prayer is the same word uh, that we see in Romans. And prosuchi is the Greek word. And it's the same word in Romans 12 and here in Luke 19. This word, I did the deepest dive that I've ever done on this word this week. 
And what I found out, it was more extensive than I've preached previously. So I want to give you a little bit of understanding about this. And then there's going to be another word that we that is translated prayer. And you're going to see how all this ties together when we pull that prayer journey up. But in, in, uh, in this context, in Luke here and in Romans, prosuchi means to sit near. How many of you viewed prayer like that? To sit near. Sitting implies that you're not in a hurry. Right? If I come to your house and say I can't stay and stand at the door, you know I have no intention of sitting down. But if I'm willing to sit down, then I'm willing to stay a little while. Right? So this word prosuche that we translated prayer, a lot of I did is I saw all these words with this same root. It means to sit near, it means to come near. Right? And as you go into that prayer journey to get near to God, there's a process that leads you, but to really get near to God, the objective is to get behind the veil, to come near. The next thing is to, the next de- part of this definition is to approach, to draw near. This is part of the definition, to be expectant. Some people don't have any expectation for their prayers. They just do it out of religious obligation. They don't really go to God. If he said, if you pray, believe what you pray that you might receive it, so you can. But a lot of folks just pray out of obligation. So what I don't want to do this morning is load you up to where you feel overwhelmed about needing to go pray, but actually where you get excited about it. And so he says, another part of this definition I found up is to offer up communication. To come in and offer up the communication. Another part of this word means, uh, uh, or definition means to apply the mind to a thing. So your mind needs to be focused on what you're giving your attention to. And then finally, it means to attend to. So when you go in to spend time with God, that's kind of the approach you need to take. Now this other word will define. Now notice what's not in there in this word for prayer. Nothing about asking God for anything. So see, what I ran across, and if I die tonight, I'll probably be remembered in large part, just for this prayer journey. All the feedback I've received over the years where God took me on the creek bank and taught me this. There is nothing in this first, or, or in the definition of prosuchi, that brings us to petitioning God, to asking Him for things. This is all relational. So, how many remember the song Cats in the Cradle from years ago? Yeah. He's a real old timer. (laughs) And so he talks about how his son 
treated him relationally because he hadn't treated his son with the same relation. So when he comes home from school, he don't spend any time with his dad. He just asks him for the car keys. Remember that line in that song? The dad's there yearning to have some fellowship, but the young man's too occupied and learned from his father's behavior because his father hadn't taken the time when he was growing up to spend time. He wanted to throw ball. His dad didn't have time. He's too busy. That was the whole premise of that song. And so then at, as we come full circle, the dad's sorry for not having spent time. Now, I understand there's a distortion a lot of times for people when they have a bad father. And so trying to seek Jesus as a father, of the Lord as your father, sometimes there's a stigma there that people have to get through. And so, but here's what I would say to you about that. Jesus is, in, in Psalm 27, the Bible says, when the father and mother forsake you, then the Lord will take you in. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they are the epitome of perfection. So when you come and give your life to Christ, you have a father with no flaws. Now that can't be said about anybody. It can't be said about me with my children. It can't be said about my father. We all have flaws. And I understand some are worse than others. I understand that some of you grew up with a father who did not even give a hoot about God. I get that. But here's what I would say to you. Give Jesus a chance. Give him a chance to be your father. Because he's perfect. He cannot do any wrong. He will stick closer than a brother, the Bible says. And he's right there to take us in. So when you think about that, when you think about prosuchi and what that word, that word we translate prayer in the Greek, and it's in, that's the biggest word. In other words, that word's translated more or used more in the New Testament than the other ones. So, which emphasizes us that God wants to spend time with us. Now, I want you to think about as a father or a mother, I want you to think about how much you enjoy spending time with your children. And as they get older and they live their own lives, that gets harder. So it is a, um, it is a pleasure for the parents for the children to stop by and just spend time with them, sit on their couch. I see that with my own parents. I'm 57, and my parents are pretty much shut in now, but they enjoy me just sitting on the couch and talking and spending time. We don't really, I mean, we offer to do things for each other, but most of the time there's nothing for us to do uh, when we're sitting on the couch but talk, but it's that relationship time. They bore me, right? They made sure I was raised to the point where I could take care of myself. A lot of things in my life are products of our parents. And so dropping by, a phone call, whatever, that's important. I, I learn, I'm learning that, right? My children are grown, so I'm, I enjoy the time. I know their lives are going to get busier because they're in the middle of raising their own children and stuff like that. I know that stuff gets harder to do. Uh, 
But it's, it's, in, it's, it's, it's important about relationship and maintaining relationship. So that's why, listen, all of your petitions that you may have, all of your requests, God could answer them all just like that. He could. He could, everything you would like to see him do, he could just blow his nose, blast his nostrils and fix it all or do it all. He really wants relationship. And so if, if we could change our whole view about prayer being like God's Santa Claus and we got a list of things for him to do and we'll stop by and drop them off. And when we got something else we'd like for you to do, we'll come back. Cats and the cradle. And the silver spoon. Just throw me the keys, Dad. I don't really got time to hang out. So a lot of people, I've heard this for 25 years since the Lord gave me this model. <clears throat> well, I can't pray more than two minutes. I run out of things to say. It's because the only view of prayer that you may have, you can go ahead and shoot the, shoot the model up there. The only view of prayer that you may have is this altar of incense. It's going to be right here, I promise you. I could do it with my eyes shut. I could point right at it. <laughs> so, this is most people's understanding of prayer. They don't understand prosuchi. They only understand, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, densis, or I'm going to change it to Denise, so you can remember it. Denise, another word we translate prayer, which speaks to this. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So what most people do is they skip all this prosuche time. It's part of prayer. That's why it's called prayer. But there's a lot of things that transpire before you get back here to, to have your request brought before the Lord. And one of the reasons that this is necessary is because you and I will most likely show up to God's house, and figuratively, wherever you might pray, in the closet, wherever. Most of us will show up with a bunch of clutter. Am I being real? Bunch of stuff on our minds, stuff happened at work, somebody in our family's crazy, everybody's family's got nuts in it, right? <laughs> I heard a few amens back through there. So, I mean, there's all kinds of, maybe a bill's coming up, whatever. I mean, it's just going to be all kinds of stuff trying to gather our attention. And so when we get here, uh, the temptation in the flesh is, because all this other stuff's drawing on us out here is to just get back here, tell God <clears throat> what we don't think He knows. <laughs> that's, that's another attitude, right? You're like, we're going to go back here and rem tell God that something's going on. <clears throat> so He already knows that, right? So He's wanting a relationship with you and Here's what I want to say, if I can say it without crying. Whatever we spend time with, 
will have an impact in our lives. Now you think about this. This is the greatest place you can spend time. Prayer. It's the greatest place you'll get the most benefit from this. Greater benefit than getting before the king or the queen because this is the real king anyway. All of this stuff is designed so that God can have a relationship with us, we can have one with Him, and that we will be more like Him the more time we spend with Him. <clears throat> when I, my, I share this in our marriage settings when we talk about when Amy and I got married, you see us now, been married for 34 years, we're, we're mostly alike. She's finally come on over and <laughs> we're mostly alike, but when we first got married, we weren't. You know, they say opposites attract. That's the world's way of looking at it, but that's God's design because you, you're drawn to somebody many times that has things you lack. They complete you. That's God's design, right? She has things that I needed, and I had things that she needed. Truth be told, she probably had more I needed than she needed. But over time... We balance each other out. And now you may look at it and say, you guys are just alike. You like the same things and all that. But that wasn't so in the beginning. But what we have to do is we have to see the value of what God has done in them to bring it to add to my life because we all lack things and, and vice versa, right? So in this case, it's a little different because God don't lack anything, but he wants to spend that time with us so he can pour himself into us. And so that we can be conformed to the image of Christ. So the reason it's important to come in with thanksgiving and then go into praise and then repent and then wash yourself with God's word, speak the word over you, then ha I call it having a cup of coffee with God. Just be real with him. Tell him everything that's going on, how you feel. Just, he knows it all anyway. And then let the Holy Spirit illuminate you <clears throat> through the light of Christ so that when you actually get to this piece of furniture where we do make our request, that it's tempered by the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times we'll run in here and pray according to our will and not God's. So this is also designed not only to conform us into His image and have relationship, but when we do have our request made known to God, like Paul talks about, that they're Spirit-led and not Matthew-led. Actually, James said a lot of times you're praying and you pray amiss because you pray your will instead of God's will, right? And I've used that example a lot of times when I was on the creek bank and God was teaching me all this, that I was praying for some people I loved who, who were not following the Lord, and I prayed for the Lord. I just prayed a religious prayer like, God bless them and do all this. And it's like I ran into a wall and the Lord said, bless them. I have blessed them. They were really blessed in the natural. Uh, he said, bless them. I have blessed them. He said, you need to pray that I'll break them. Now, see, that wasn't my flesh wanting to do that, right? But that's the way of the Spirit, to break them. Because what's more important than anything else? Going to heaven. That's the most important thing. And sometimes we all have to be broken on this journey. So as you come in here, you come into His gates with thanksgiving, you give Him praise, and then you... If you need to repent over anything, whether that's something you've left undone that you should have done or something you've done you know is against His Word or His will, 
And then you just speak the word over yourself, and we'll show some of that in just in a moment when we change the model. Uh, in fact, let's just go ahead and change the model. Let me show you this because it's got the scriptures up here. So, and we've got all these in the back. We've got some you can put in your Bible. And if you're watching and listening, we can mail you some of this stuff. And this is the large one. You can take, put that on the refrigerator or wherever you go pray. Uh, but this is why a lot of people say, my prayer, I can only pray two or three minutes and then I'm done. It's because you're just using this piece of furniture. You're not pursuing. You're just denising. Everybody say Denise. Denise. You don't want to just Denise. You don't want to just hang out with Denise. You want to pursue Pursuchi. So these, these scriptures, and there's others, we just had to throw some up so you, we could uh, back this up with scripture. And uh, this Psalm 100 is full of thanksgiving and praise and all that. So you come into his gates with thanksgiving. You enter his courts with praise. First thing you do. So if you were where I pray, whether it's in this sanctuary at home or wherever I'm at, that's, you would hear me doing that before I do anything. If you were in proximity, I would be thanking God. And I'm very basic about that. Sometimes you may hear me thank God for the shoes I have, for clothes, for food. I'm real elementary with that. If he's done something in my life or for somebody that I pray, just very, I've never got too old to thank God for the food in my refrigerator. I've never got too old to thank God for transportation or a roof over my head. My grandmother was adamant about thanking God for running water because she lived over half her life without it. So we, we need to be thankful. And we need to be thankful every day. Because when we give thanks, we're saying to God that we recognize you make things happen and I don't. That's important. That's, and a lot of people say, well, I feel like I got this on me. I want to repent first. No, you need to give thanks that you even have a place to repent. So the first thing you need to do when you go spend time with God is give some thanks. And then give some praise. Maybe you're going to praise him for things he's done in your life. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'll praise him for parting the Red Sea. I'll start recalling the things I know he's done in the past out of the Scripture. I, you may hear me say, I praise you for making the axe head float. And remember that story. God made, you know, they made that, he made the axe head float. So whatever you can praise him for, I praise him for being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, all that. So... You can see right there, you can spend a few minutes just with these two elements, right? You can spend more than two or three minutes. Now, the goal is not the amount of time, but it takes some time to build relationships, right? You got to make time for it. You got to pursue it. I don't expect somebody <clears throat> to necessarily have a, to have a relationship with somebody if I'm not pursuing it. The Bible says a lot of people get offended because they stand in a corner somewhere and somebody didn't come say nothing to them. But the Bible says if you want friends, you're supposed to show yourself friendly. That's really on us, right? If you've got enough friends, go stand in the corner. And then the second thing is, 
uh, or this will be the third, these two kind of seen together. You get through the gates with thanksgiving and you're in this outer court with praise. And then this, you're met with this place to repent. And this is where the sacrificing was made. This is where you lay your life down, where you crucify something that you know God's not happy about. Maybe it's something you've left undone. He's asked you to do. Maybe it's something you're doing that he's, you know you shouldn't be doing, so you ask for forgiveness. And then you move over here, and here's a few scriptures. You just speak things over you. Sometimes I'll come here and I'll speak, I am the righteousness of Christ. I've been bought. My position in Christ overrides my condition, right? Uh, I walk by faith and not by sight. I just speak his word over me. Wash me. Paul said we're sanctified by the washing of the water of the word. So just speak the word over you. Speak the word. You, you and I can't say it better than the scripture, so speak the word over you. And then go over here and have a cup of coffee. This is all part of prayer time. You see what's happening here? You're spending time with God. You're being relational to Him. He's conditioning you because if you come in here with something between you and God and you don't get that off of you, you won't be able to have any faith back here. It'll be a hindrance to you. You, 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 people, it, that is a hindrance, right? You know there's something between you and God, and sometimes it may be something between you and someone else, right? If you know that, you got to go fix it, right? Most of you have heard that story where I was in worship, actually in this church building before it was turned this way, and uh, I'd been, I got crossways with somebody, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to go make that right. So I left this sanctuary and went to my office and got my phone and called that person and made it right. They didn't go to church here, but it's something we got crossways about. And they forgave, they were good Christian too. And they forgave me and we, I forgave them and everything. Came, but that's what the Bible says. Leave your stuff at the altar and get out and, and, and make it right. Now, I understand you can't make things right with everybody because some people don't want it. But I, I, knew, I, I knew the Holy Spirit was impressing that on me, so it was time, right? You got to be sensitive. And so when you get in here, by the time you do this, and depending on how much you repent, you might have to spend a while right there, right? But then you come, but you can see what's happened right here. This is all relational. If you don't get things away from you and I, if we don't get that off of us, there'll be a hindrance to the rest of the journey. And that's what we call this, the prayer journey. That'll be a hindrance to the rest of the journey. So... God designed this so you could get that stuff, you and I could get that off of us as soon as we come through the gate. After we give thanks and praise, we're right there. And God, God's a, listen, God's a forgiving God. He, he, he told, they said, remember they asked him, he said, how many times you should I have to forgive my brother? And he said, 70 times 70, I believe, right? A day? I'm like, 490 times? None of us have been sinned against or injured by somebody 490 times in one day. So basically, if you go back to Daniel, the prophecy about when time will come to an end and everything will be filled and righteousness will come in and the Messiah will be crowned, that's 490, 77s are determined with the Israelites. So basically, what Jesus was saying there, and the Israelites, if they understood prophecy, and Daniel, they knew what he's saying. He's saying, you've got to forgive till this thing's over. That's what he was saying. Ultimately, that's what he was saying. Because we know we're not going to have to forgive somebody 490 times in one day. But he was basically saying, you're going to have to forgive until this thing's over. So if you've got unforgiveness in your heart or something like that, you've got to, you've got to get rid of that or it'll interfere with the rest of your journey. And you won't benefit. Have you ever been distracted when you've been with somebody? 
Right? Yeah. And they're talking and you don't hear you didn't hear nothing they said. Right? It's like the guy that went hunting with his pastor. And uh, they both pulled their bow back and shot, and the deer went down. And they run up there, and the one said, "That's the the guy said, that's my deer." And the pastor said, "No, I'm the one who got him. That's my deer." And he said, the other guy said, "No, that's my deer." And the pastor said, "No, that's my deer." And they were going back and forth. And finally, the guy, the layman, said, "It's not your deer. Your arrow went through one ear and out the other one." <laughs> Just like you're preaching, he said. <laughs> so. You get in a situation where you can be present and not be attentive. So the design behind this is not to have any distractions. So if you're having trouble, and I hear this a lot, if you're having trouble when you go to prayer and you can't get focused, then I suggest back here before you even get to the gate, spend a little time in the Word. Let it minister to you. Turn it on, read it, whatever. Let it minister to you. So that you can get prepared to go in. Let your mind start dwelling on it. will work if you'll practice it. Let your mind start thinking. And what, turn it on to the, the Sermon on the Mount. It'll catch your attention. Get yourself ready, right? Get yourself ready. And so as you come in here, then we call this having a cup of coffee with God. And all these scriptures are references to these pieces of furniture. So as we got here... And this may take more time sometimes than others, you know. You may be having a rough week and you need to really just tell God how you feel and, and just be honest with Him, let Him speak into that. That's another thing that a lot of people miss out on prayer because they just run back here and try to do this and skip all this and certainly this. They run back out. They never give God a, a chance to respond. And so this is set up in such a way to condition us by the time we slip behind this veil, it's where we keep our mouths shut and let God speak to us. Let Him speak into our lives. A lot of people don't see prayer that way. They don't see sitting and waiting for the Lord. So, again, I'm not trying to be religious. I don't want to set a time limit on this. What I want to encourage you is if you'll practice this, and it, don't, don't set a time limit on yourself either, but start practicing this, you'll find out You'll get up and think, man, I didn't realize I'd been here this long. Spending time with God, letting Him rub off on you. Because that's the idea, right? Letting Him rub off on us. So then we have a cup of coffee with God. We just shoot the breeze, be honest with Him. Then we let the Holy Spirit and Christ get involved in this journey we've been taking. Illuminate us so that my, the request I came in with might get modified by the time I make it. To where instead of saying, God, bless them, I might be praying, God, break them. So that what? So that my prayers will be more effective. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But that's what we want. A lot of people are frustrated with prayer because it's not effective. They're not getting their prayers answered the way they would like to. But the problem is we're not taking the relationship time and being conditioned that when we pray, we can pray according to the will of God. The, Bible, the New Testament and the old one are filled with people getting their prayers answered. And uh, I'm not asking anybody to sit down. Uh, don't you even think about this. I, I, want you to, I want you to see prayer as an opportunity, not as a weight. 
Now let's just be honest. We don't have any trouble getting caught up in something else, do we? Whether it's some type of media, some type of show, some type of event. And we'll give ourselves to it for two or three hours. And God's going to get two minutes. And of those two minutes, we did all the talking. In what world does it make sense that you should only talk to God and He not talk at all? I mean, that don't make sense at all, does it? He should be able to talk more than us. Uh, he's got all the answers. We don't. And so, coming into this spot and then making your petitions known after the Holy Spirit's got involved in this time you've spent, then making your petitions known, requests, right? Making those requests known. Then after you make those requests, you're still not finished. You need to just sit down and wait on the Lord. Uh, let me write something on this board here. Most of you have come across this word in the psalm, Selah. And that word in that psalm means to go over what's just happened. Reread it. One of the ways that I've seen it defined is like chewing the cud, right? You took it in, regurgitate it, chew on it some more, take it back in again. Selah lends itself to that kind of thinking. So when you, you go back to the model, when you, go, when you get behind that veil, that's what you should be doing. Just waiting on the Lord. Solomon said, when you go before the Lord, let your words be few. In other words, stop talking and let Him respond. Because that's where the presence of the Lord is. Now, what's the difference? Why is prayer important? It's not just so you and I get to be heard. That's part of it. And it's not just because we get to work on relationship time. That's also part of it. But even beyond that, it's about making ourselves into the manifested presence of God. Now what we're experiencing right now is the omnipresence of God, right? He's everywhere all the time. But the difference is when God manifests himself into our moments and speaks into us. And he, may, he will do that sometimes in prayer if we'll wait on him, if we'll give him a little time. God wants you to have these moments with him throughout your week so that he can impact your life, right? Conform you into the image of Christ. And you can see all this initially, first thing we see, we've brought it into our approach to God, but you can see that it's all about Jesus, right? See this cross here, right? Out here would be the tribe of Judah. They're in front of the gate when the camp sat down. And Judah's the tribe that Jesus came through. He is the door, right? No man comes in unless you go. So all that's symbolic, right? It's all typifying of who Jesus is. All this is about Jesus. So if you really want to get the most out of your prayer time, however long it turns out to be, what I've learned people, not only it's changed their life, somebody said, well, I just, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, how happy are you with your prayer life? 
How much, how much productive, how productive is it? Is just running past all the furniture and telling God what you think you ought to be doing, is that working for you? You just pray those ambulance prayers when the siren's on and the lights are rolling? Is your, are you becoming more like Christ? Or do you live with the same old fears and doubts you've always had? Like the guy that prayed for the mountain to be removed, got up from praying through the shade up and said, just like I thought, the mountain's still there. We didn't have any faith. Is your prayer life working the way it is? Can it grow? Can it get better? Can you become more like God? Now, Matthew 6, and I'm not going to go there, but Matthew 6 says, when you pray, not if, then he goes on to say, when you give, not if, and when you fast, not if, those are things that followers of Christ were, had the next, Jesus had the expectation that that's how we'd live. We would be prayers. We would be givers. We would be fasters. We would be the people that would take His plan and implement it. But you're not going to really have the zeal to do that if you're hanging out and getting all your information from somewhere else. You can just leave that up there for a minute, that tabernacle. If you don't spend this time, just think about all the things that influence your life from whatever. They're not all bad. I'm not saying that. But just think about all the things that influence our lives. My wife has influence with me. We spend, a lot, we spend time together. Right? They, everything you have, your, your whole life will be influenced by the things, listen to me now, by the things that have access to you, good or bad. Whatever has access to you and I, our lives will be influenced by that. And the more access they have, the more influence they'll have. Right? Have you ever heard this saying? If you can get them people to go speak to them, they might be able to get them to do it because they have their ear. They have influence with them. I've heard that said about people who pray. I've even told that to people before. There's a lady in our life, she's gone on to be with the Lord, that somebody would say, I need some prayer. I would say, go see uh, so-and-so. Because I watched her, that if I was in her presence and somebody called and asked her to pray for them, she would tell whoever was in her presence if it was an urgent request, I must be excused. And she would go pray right then. She didn't put it off. Seeking. That's what part of prosuchi is. It's seeking. Seeking God. That's what he said about his house, right? He said, my house will be a place where people can sit near me, come near me, approach me, draw near come with expectation or be expectant, they can offer up and they can apply the mind to this and attend to me. Now that's our prayer time because we're the house of God, right? We, we are the body of Christ. Now, uh, let's throw up 
Uh, Acts 3 and 1 on the screen. Let me show you something here. Acts 3 and 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. What's the deal with that? That sounds like something they did under the law, right? But now they're still doing it after the resurrection. Prayer has always been God's design. Before the law, under the law, and after the law. Prayer's always been part of His design. Peter and John went up together to the temple of the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They went up to pray. So having a regular appointment with God is a good thing. I'm not here to tell you when to do that. But spend a little time with God every day, it's, it's a good thing. Now let's go to James chapter 5. And this will, this will be where we bring in the, the new... Um, The new word for prayer, Denise. In James chapter 5, let's look at verse 13. He says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of, the fa prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. What a deal. It's a powerful statement there. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So he compares Elijah to somebody like us. We don't do that very much because we see him as like a superhero. This prophet who had power with God, <coughs> we don't really compare ourselves to him. But the Bible does. The Bible equates he and I, you and him, all of us in the same realm as Elijah. But he believed. He took God at his word. He took stands. He refused to back off of God's truth. He was, he was constantly in the presence of God, understood that because when you read about Elijah... This phrase comes up a lot. He would say something, and he would say it about Jehovah, and he'd say, in whose presence I now stand. He recognized the manifested presence of God. Most of us don't tap into that. <coughs> we recognize the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere all the time. We know nothing escapes his eyes and his hearing and all that. But his manifested presence is what is designed for us who are believers. In your prayer closet. I've had some powerful encounters on my creek bank in my bedroom. <coughs> Excuse me, in different places. I'm sure some of you have. But it's when that gear shifted from God just being over everything but manifesting Himself into your moment. That's a game changer. 
The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. That's another reason you need to go in with thanksgiving and praise. Because that word inhabit means He comes down and lives in that moment. And it also means He comes down with His throne in the Hebrew. So think about what He's saying to us when we do that. He's bringing His throne in the middle of us. Now what does that mean? That, mean, that expresses His power and authority. So once we praise and give thanks, we have access to God in all of His power and authority. That is powerful. I don't care if you can get in touch with somebody who's the richest person in this country or somebody who has the most political influence. You'll never get in the presence of anybody that has more power and authority than God. And think about how many days are wasted by Christians of not tapping into that. Think about how much stress and anxiety would go off of people if they encountered God in that way regularly. So let me take you back. It says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So this word prayer is Denise's. Just call it Denise, that way we'll know. The word fervent is zeo, and the word for effective is energies, which is where we get the word energy. So here the phrase that catches both effective and fervent means Somebody who's intentional, who's energized, and seeking slash laboring. Now, on this prayer journey, it, it, it's, it's gonna, you're going to need to be intentional, right? You're going to need to be, it's going to take some time. And everybody's prayer time will be a little bit different because you all, everybody has different personality. You have different things going on in your life. But stopping at these pieces of furniture is getting us prepared. It's intentional. So somebody who's being intentional, somebody who's, being, who's energized because they've saw this process and how it works and the benefit of all that. So this person in James, whose relation is to Elijah, he says this kind of person who is, what does he call them, effective and fervent in prayer... Those people are intentional, they're energized, and they're seeking labor. So it's the same kind of people that Matthew talks about that says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That, that's poor choice of words in English, but we struggle. It means somebody who refuses to be denied. Right? And I preached a little bit on that last week. And, and that is that woman, right, whose daughter's demon-possessed, and she comes and wants Jesus to help her, and he says, we don't give the meat off the master's table to dogs. She could have got offended there. She could have drawn back. She could have whatever, which most people probably would have done, got mad at Jesus because he said that to them. But he was putting her to the test. She refused to back down, right? She said, yeah, but the dogs eat the crumbs that come off the table. And Jesus said, hey, we're helping her. He put her to the test. She passed. Most people are not that way. They get frustrated. They get feeling sorry for themselves. I can't believe that Jesus said that to me. Whatever. And walk away 
with their prayer unanswered. Now, if I just sit down and I don't want anybody to raise their hand, but I'll guarantee you just about everybody in this building, including myself, would like to see more of their prayers answered. So there's a lot of stuff going on, right? There's a lot of stuff going on with this. So the next word that I wanted to pay attention to is avails much. <clears throat> that word avails is part of the word of prosuche. It's got the same root in the middle of it. Isucho. Isucho. Not prosuche, but isucho. And it's got... Some of the same root. And guess what that word means? It means producing results. That's powerful. So let's read it that way. Someone who is intentional and energized, laboring in prayer, this righteous man slash woman will produce results. That's what the Greek's saying. A person who is intentional and energized seeker will produce results when they pray. Whatsoever things you ask, you ask in my name, you will receive them if you believe that you have them. I'll give it to you like this. This is why the relation part's so important. This is why most of what the New Testament has is Prasuchi, not Denise. Denise is translated just a few times about petitions, right? Request. Most of what's translated is translated Prasuchi, relation time, right? If you build a relationship with somebody, the, the more that is established, the more comfortable you are, the more you're willing to share, the more that you're willing to ask for something, right? So when you do that, you get more comfortable with that relationship, right? I have relationships with people. We all have relationships with people like this that if you came to my house, if you have that kind of relationship with me, you could come to my house get stuff that belonged to me and take it and use it and not ever get a hold of me and call me the next day and say, listen, you wasn't home, I couldn't get a hold of you, but I needed such and such and I got it and borrowed it. And I would say, that's fine, I don't care, that's good, just bring it back when you're done. You have relationships like that, right? We all have relationships. You've molded and worked on those relationships in such a way that you have that kind of relationship established. That's what God's after with us. That's the kind of person that can produce results. Can you borrow God's lawnmower without asking Him? Are you comfortable enough to borrow God's lawnmower if He's not home? Right? I would be. I, there's a lot of people in this world that I would be comfortable just getting something if I needed it, if I couldn't get a hold of them. Courtesy is to get a hold of them, I understand that. But if you couldn't get a hold of me and you have that kind of relationship with me, you could come and get my vehicle. I don't care. And tell me about it later. 
Say, hey, you know, I, I had an emergency. My vehicle wouldn't start. I got yours, and I'm in Oklahoma. So, whatever, you want to be comfortable in God's presence. You don't want to be uncomfortable. And He's so good. Let me finish up with this plan here. He's so good to us with this prayer journey. He's so good to us. He don't want anything between us. That's why He meets us almost as soon as we come in the door and says, let's get all this sin off of you because... I want, to, I want to have a clear relationship with you. Don't want nothing between. He don't want anything between us. And so he starts us off right here with the first piece of furniture, cleaning us up so that he can have the desired kind of fellowship with us that we need more than him. So that when I get back here to make my request, that I'll be praying according to the Holy Spirit and not according to Matthew. Sometimes we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit always knows how to pray, amen? And so then slip in time. So I don't, like I said, I don't want to put a time limit on this, but I want to challenge you. I've got feedback from this all the way from the West Coast of people who've got a hold of this because so many people are deflated about their prayer lives because they've not been taught properly. They've only been taught Denise. They've only been taught about Denise and not prosuchi. They don't understand. But if we stop and think, what do we tell everybody? We ought to think about this. When we're trying to lead somebody to Christ or convince somebody they need to become a Christian, what do we tell them? It's about relationship. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that's what this stresses. This stresses that relationship. Listen, God can do anything you bring back here. Except wrong. He's not going to do wrong. He can't do wrong. But anything you, any petition or request you bring to God, that is never the issue of God saying, I don't know if we can do that or not. That's pretty hard to ask. That'll never be the problem. And it's His will. The Bible said it's His will to give us good things. All the promises. If he spared not his only son, how will he not freely give us all things that pertain to life and godliness? So God, God can do anything. We just read how the prayer of faith will raise up the sick and get, they'll get their sins washed away. All in one fell swoop. Doing stuff's not God's problem. Getting us to hang out with him is his problem. You remember Psalm 84 when I preached that last week? He talks about the guys that hang out in the house of the Lord. The people who are willing to stay where he's at. Stay all night with the Lord. You go through the scripture. Here's what I would say to you as I close. Jesus, a lot of people look at Jesus going from one place of ministry to another and praying in between. I look at that differently. I look at Jesus going from one place of prayer to another and ministering in between. How adamant was Jesus about spending time with His Father that if the world pressed Him all day where He didn't get a break, He would pray all night just to make sure He got His time in.
with his dad. How adamant are you about getting time in with your dad? Again, I don't want to be legalistic about it. We're not setting any timers up. What I want you to do is see what's available, the benefits of this, and just get lost in it. You may get lost in it for 10 minutes one day. You may get lost in it. You may miss a day. Let's be real. I, I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm not a taskmaster. You may miss a day, and then you may go one day, and you get caught up in it for 30 minutes. But you're just hanging out with your father. A perfect father, by the way. That can do no wrong. And there's, there's, he can do all of our requests, and then... The Bible says he can do far above what we can even think or ask. That's a big word. It's never the issue whether God can do what he wants to do. The problem is us getting conditioned in our lives and in our days to be with our Father, hanging out with him. You guys can come to the instruments. And what we're going to do today... We're going to praise and worship. And this altar is open right now. We're, we're not going to pray over each other today. That's not what we're doing. I want you to give all your attention to God. You don't need a man today. You don't need somebody praying with you today. I want everybody in this building. You can stay in your seat. You don't have to come up front. If you want to come to the altar... If you want to go stand in that corner back there, if you want to go stand in the back corner, if you don't have any friends and you don't want no more, just go on and get in the corner. But I just want you to practice this today. I want you, I want you to just think about giving thanks, the first thing. I want you to think about praise, and singing those songs, and, and get off on your own thing. Start doing your own thing some. Then repent. If you've got any repent. Practice this this morning. I want you, and then take all your cares before the Lord. You can kneel in your seat. You can kneel at this altar. And you can stand in your seat. You can come stand in this altar area. Whatever you want to do, but I want you to practice this during this praise and worship moment we have. I want all of us to do that together. Would you stand to your feet? Let me read this before we start. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Only Craig did it. <laughs> Where's those children at? They'll fire us up. Out of the mouth of babes, he said. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. I promise you, the more time you hang out with Him, the more you'll get glad about it. Come before His presence with singing. That's what we're getting ready to do. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. That's why Thanksgiving is so important. We're saying to God, we don't make nothing happen. You do. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. 
and His truth endures to all generations. I will sing of mercy and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. That's what we're going to do. How you have the freedom to step out of your seat, stay in your seat, whatever you want to do. But let's walk through this tabernacle model as we praise and worship Him this morning.